All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to the Daily Faceoff Show. Your everyday source for the latest news with top-notch insight and analysis. Here's your host, Frank Saravalli. Right here, you're getting a first glimpse of Jack Eichel in a Vegas Golden Knights uniform. Vegas, baby, Vegas. And more importantly for all of us here, and including Jack Eichel himself, the Jack Eichel saga is over at long last. Welcome to the Daily Faceoff Show. Today is Thursday, November 4th, and a huge morning in the hockey world as Jack Eichel is traded from the Buffalo Sabres to the Vegas Golden Knights. Here to break it all down and dive into it is my partner in crime in Scott Burnside. How you doing, Scott? I'm doing well. Frank, I'm a little disappointed, though. I just ordered my free Jack Eichel t-shirt, so I don't even get a chance to wear it. And now I'm just going to have to get my Vegas baby Vegas Eichel shirt, I guess. So, I mean, free Jack Eichel has been freed, like I said, at long last. So let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds on the clock, and let's dive in and talk about the details of the trade. So here's exactly what transpired this morning. A trade call completed with the Golden Knights and the Sabres. And the Buffalo Sabres end up getting Peyton Krebs, Alex Tuck, a 2022 first-round pick, and a 2023 third-round pick in exchange for their injured former captain in Eichel and a 2023 third-round pick. Scott, when you look at this saga that's dragged on since March, what's the first thing that jumps out to you when you see the return for the Buffalo Sabres? Yeah, you know, I, in hindsight, it, it just seems so little compared to what I think both you and I understood to 
have been the potential for so much more to go back to the Buffalo Sabres. You know, what, you know, for a long time, Kevin Adams, the GM in Buffalo, was looking at a package that would have been be- between four and first round, four and five first round picks. So the equivalent of, of prospects who are first round picks or actual first round picks. Um, but the, the sticking point has always been for the Buffalo Sabres. They wouldn't retain any of Jack Eichel's $10 million per year salary. He's got another four and a half years left on that deal. That was the, that was the hill on which the Sabres refused to budge when it came to dealing with other teams. And at the end of the day, uh, you know, they don't retain salary, but they probably are minus a pick or two or a prospect or two that for a team that's still very much rebuilding uh, probably is it, it would have been fairly critical. I like the parts that they have back now, but I'm a little bit surprised that they didn't get more. And I know for sure they could have had they not been so stuck on not retaining salary. Yeah, and so what does this do from a Golden Knights perspective? I mean, this is a team that struggled in the first part of the year with injuries, but now... They have some help coming, but the question is when. Kelly McCrimmon, their GM, saying this morning at a press conference, no one really knows. This surgery has never been performed on a hockey player. I'd imagine in this case, given you know the unique nature of the surgery, that they need some real assurances before he can begin to take contact that that injury is indeed fully healed and there won't be any recurrences. So my guess is that they probably err on the side of caution here, given what they just gave up to get him, given the fact that he's you know, a $45 million asset in their organization, if not more than that. And the fact that, you know, once they get him, they got to make hay and and actually get into the playoffs here. So what are the Vegas Golden Knights getting in Jack Eichel? Yeah, well, I I think that's the the thing that GMs around the NHL, you know, the handful of them that were, you know, interested in varying degrees in in Jack Eichel long-term is – what are you going to get? And you're right. You re- refer to the um, the uh, neck disc replacement surgery. Um, you've also got Max Pacioretty out, you know, Mark Stone out. They're a playoff team, I think, but it's not going to be an easy run. And when they all get back, how do you fit them all under the cap? Man, it, there's a lot of uncertainty around Vegas with this addition, and not just when Jack Eichel gets back. So let's take a deeper dive into the Sabres part of this. You know, we mentioned the idea that the return feels a little bit small. I guess one of the big things that sticks out to me is, you know, given that this was a a long and protracted battle between the Eichel camp and the Sabres, a team that clearly dug their heels in on not allowing him to have surgery, uh, the, the preferred medical procedure that he wanted in that artificial disc replacement, which the Vegas Golden Knights, of course, will allow. And we're expected that'll come in the next couple days here, really in short order. One of the big reasons why the Eichel camp was pushing to have this trade go through, putting a deadline on it, saying, look, we're going to file a grievance if something isn't in place by the end of this week. So for the Sabres, did digging their heels in really end up accomplishing anything? You know, could this same type of deal, I guess that's the lingering question, have been made back in July and, and teams would be that much closer, whatever team acquired him, be that much closer to having Jack Eichel on the ice? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I think that's entirely true, and and maybe this is a function of ownership putting pressure on a a, a, a very green NHL GM and Kevin Adams, right? And you know, he so I, there are a lot of factors that go into how is this deal going to go down. Uh, part of the problem is they already, you know, they were wrecked by the Ryan O'Reilly deal a couple of years ago, and so there, I think there was institutionally a huge fear of of giving. 
getting too little or giving up too much and paying salary, all of those things were brought to bear. But I don't think there's any doubt. Uh, and I don't blame the team for holding firm on their medical opinion. That's what their doctors felt was important, the traditional disc That's surgery. That's what it says they are allowed to do in the CBA, by the way. Exactly. Well, the, you know, to complain about it is, is to me, a moot point. It, the players agreed to this. So the Sabres aren't in the wrong on this. But could they have relented? Could they have agreed to allow Jack Eichel that surgery earlier that's going to take place now and got a better return? Absolutely, they could have. Because the sooner Jack Eichel would have had that surgery, the more attractive he becomes to other teams and the better return they were going to get. But they didn't go down that path. Um, you know, maybe they regret it, maybe they don't. Um, but they better hope now that Peyton Krebs and Alex Tuck become, you know, not just, re, you know, members of that lineup, but, but integral top six players who can help this team move forward. I, I think they can. I mean, the, one of the big things, yeah. the Sabres had focused on futures because they didn't want to end up in a situation with a player that has only a year left on his deal, for instance, and then they need to convince to re-sign in Buffalo where things have gone so wrong. And there's a convincing process. Do they need to overpay? So in Tuck, they get a guy with years on his deal. He's from the yeah. Western New York area from Syracuse. Uh, he's also injured and could be back in January after off-season shoulder surgery. And then in Krebs, it's funny enough that you mentioned Ryan O'Reilly because in this case, a lot of people have compared Krebs with his two-way play to a lowercase version of Ryan O'Reilly. So can they sort of make right on this O'Reilly deal in the Eichel transaction? We'll see. Um, but I also wanted to spend some more time as well digging in on the Golden Knights. Kelly McCrimmon just hit on... You know, the timeline part of it, uh, from Vegas's perspective, they don't know, looking like somewhere between three and five months. Uh, but from a salary cap perspective, you know, it's really interesting. He, one of the things that he said is, you never know if you truly get fully healthy. And I was wondering if in his press conference this morning, that was a way to indicate, because everyone's looking at the numbers here with this trade, Scott, that goes down and they say, well, you know, it's great that you're able to pull this off now. But what happens when Max Pacioretty and Mark Stone and all these other guys that are out of your lineup and may or may not be on LTIR all and Eichel need to all get activated at the same time? The early indication from our partner at Puckpedia is that at $6.2 they'd be over the cap. That's how much they'd be exceeding it by if they were to have an, all those players that are currently on their roster with Eichel included activated. And so... Is this maybe an indication that things aren't quite, you know, that certain on the Mark Stone front, that that might provide them some flexibility on the cap front, at least in the short term moving forward? Yeah, well, I, I think that's, you know, that's a critical part of, of how the dominoes and, and they will fall, you know, weeks and weeks from now, possibly. But, you know, are we seeing another situation a la Nikita Kucherov or, you know, the Canadians did this uh, down the stretch last year where they had players who went out of their lineup at a big cap hit um, and then were able to come back for the playoffs? I, I think that's a great question, Frank, because, you know, there are lots of sort of ominous um, you know, sort of suggestions about where Mark Stone is at. I think he was on the ice, but you know, how close is he to getting back? And do they use this to put him on LTIR uh, with the idea that, you know, at some point you're going to have to make room for, if you make room for two of those three high-end players, 
um, then maybe you can avoid the cap penalty and having to readjust your roster again. But it sounds like there's a lot. It's I don't mean shell game in the way that it's you know illegal, but there seems to be a lot of moving parts to Pacioretty, Stone, Eichel. When will they be back? At what point does Vegas ice a full roster? Um, and listen, I, I said this earlier, but I believe they are a playoff team. The Pacific is pretty soft. Calgary and Edmonton are really good. They're going to be in the playoffs as far as I can tell. But Vegas isn't off to a great start. And can you imagine the implications if they somehow miss the playoffs having made this move? Now, that's I'm sure that's not on the radar screen for Kelly McCrimmon and Pete DeBoer and the rest of them there. But boy, what what a specter that might be. Yeah, and, and I guess it's all well and good to think about all these permutations and getting all these guys healthy and what Vegas looks like in the playoffs provided, well, you have to get in first. And so fair point by you that, you know, while the Pacific does appear to be pretty soft, all this doesn't really mean anything unless the Vegas golden Knights get in. And and in order to do that, you also need to be cap compliant. So speaking of the timeline that then brings the question up of the Olympics, And it's not lost on me and others around the game that are looking at it saying, so of all this going on, why was it this week that the the Eichel camp at CAA and Pat Brisson decided to push the Sabres buttons, essentially giving them this deadline, as I mentioned, you know, to really pull the trigger on a trade. Vegas, is my understanding, made their best and final offer yesterday, knowing that this needed to happen. Uh, that a trade was going to be happening regardless of where Jack Eichel ended up going, uh, whether it was Calgary, St. Louis, Carolina, any one of the number of teams that were talking to them. But given the uncertainty with Jack Eichel's health situation, you know, it's not lost on me that, as I was saying, that the Olympics are just over three months away, puck drop. The initial thought with the Jack Eichel timetable is that he can be skating within eight weeks and potentially playing in the NHL as soon as three months. It's November 4th. That would be February 4th, just before or right around the All-Star break, which also happens to be in Vegas. And could he play in the Olympics? I think the thought to this point is that it's a long shot, but I guess not ready to rule it out. Yeah, I talked to somebody who's familiar with the whole Jack Eichel timetable and and, and described it in, that, in a very similar fashion, that it was a long shot, that that is... that I don't think anyone is really counting on that, but I can only assume that it would be critically important to Jack Eichel if he was, you know, healthy and able to get back on the ice and play for Team USA. I mean, think about that roster, a healthy Jack Eichel, Austin Matthews, uh, you know, I mean, it changes the complexion of that Olympic tournament without any doubt. But to me, the big question is, you know, what's the, what kind of uh, leeway would the Vegas management, coaching staff um, have if Jack Eichel is just back on the ice and maybe he's played a handful of games or even worse, not have played any games, but gets clearance to play. I can only imagine the last thing they want is for Jack Eichel to be in Beijing, um, you know, trying to crush it up with Sidney Crosby and, uh, you know, the rest of the team Canada or, or all the rest of those teams in the field. Um, and, and somehow, you know, have a setback or another injury where that impacts their drive to the playoffs and to a potential Stanley Cup. Now, would the team forbid him from playing? I don't know. That's not a good way to start a long-term relationship. But I think exactly. it would be that's very what makes much it awkward. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. So it's definitely a factor. 
Yeah, and you know what? They're not alone in that front as well. The Pittsburgh Penguins may be facing a very similar discussion and conversation with Evgeny Malkin as he recovers exactly. from his torn ACL surgery. Of course, he wants to represent Russia in the Olympics. We'll see if either Malkin and or Eichel are able to do it. The window is tight. To take a deeper dive into what this means for the Vegas Golden Knights and their prospect pool at large, let's bring in Chris Peters for another edition of The Next Wave. Chris, a slow news morning for you. How are you doing? Uh, I'm still recovering, but I, I'm feeling great. And it's it's fun to talk about stuff like this. I mean, I, I'm sure I'll have a, a bit of a news hangover tomorrow, but uh, this has been a fun day so far. Yeah, we'll deal with the news hangover later. We got to enjoy the fun <laughs> while you're in the party. So I guess the question is, the Vegas Golden Knights and their prospect, their, their prospect cupboard, if you will, has been changing rapidly. The franchise is only five years old. They started out with three first-round picks. They, it seems like they're always moving, not just the players that they pick with their first-round picks, but also their future first-round picks, including uh, this as well in the Jack Eichel deal. What are you seeing in terms of a trend from the Golden Knights and how they're dealing with their prospects? Well, nobody's untouchable, I think is probably the best way to put it. And, and really, you think about how teams deal with their prospects. And typically, guys that they select in the first round, especially high picks, are usually going to come with, you know, a lot of protections for their teams. The teams want to keep those players. They want to draft and develop them. Most teams feel that is the best path towards Stanley Cup contention. The Vegas Golden Knights, however, think the best path to Stanley Cup contention is just go for it all the time. And I think that's obviously a top-down message from owner Bill Foley. And it allows them to, to make big swings like this. Now, you look down this list that we have up on the screen here, and, and really, Cody Glass, their first draft pick, hasn't really panned out. And, and you know, that's, that's kind of a negligible deal. But the Nick Suzuki move for Max Pacioretty, Eric Brandstrom for Mark Stone, and now Peyton Krebs for Jack Eichel, we're talking about significant long-term pieces that help this team compete and contend for a Stanley Cup. So, that's pretty key. They only, they're the only two first-round draft picks that are still with the team are their two most recent ones, Brendan Brisson and uh, Zach Dean, who was selected last season. So they continue to have some prospects in the system. The cupboard is not there, but clearly the 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 idea from this team is that we will put all future bets on hold and just go for the right now and. You know, maybe that's a trend that we'll see in the future. It certainly is against convention for what most teams do right now in the NHL. So, Chris, I, I'm wondering, we've talked a little bit about, you know, the Pittsburgh Penguins. And, uh, you know, for years now, they have adopted a very similar pattern. Now, you know, Evgeny Malkin, Sidney Crosby, Chris Letang, Marc-Andre Fleury while he was there. I mean, there was a core in, and they and they had success very early on. Of course, going to a final in 08 and then winning a cup in 09 later winning two more cups. Are we seeing a similar pattern here with Vegas and how sustainable is it? I think there are a lot of people wondering if the window has or is in the process of closing in Pittsburgh. What do you see as the future there? And does it look to you like Pittsburgh? Yeah, there are a lot of similarities. The only difference being that Pittsburgh typically trades the picks before they make them. So, you know, that, that, that gives a team a little bit more control. But I, I actually think there's often more value in the prospect that's already drafted. There's a little bit more of a track record. You get to see them play possibly at the AHL level or in Peyton Krebs case, the NHL level. 
Um, you know, so there's a little bit more of a track record. You, you might feel a little bit more comfortable selecting those players. So I think there could potentially be more value in those. Um, it just kind of depends on the, on the team, but, but yeah, I mean, the, the, the concern now is will the golden Knights be able to have enough players on entry level contracts to absorb that soft cap space that is, there won't be much of. And so that's really the key now. Will they be able to do that? The penguins in the past have not had that next level of players. So they've had to go out and try to find more uh, of the same, you know, the, the, try to get those depth players. How do you find them? I think in the Golden Knights case, you look at some of the things that they have done well. They, they have actually drafted extremely well outside of the first round. They're, you know, on the on the board, you saw a number of prospects there, like Jack Dugan, like, um, uh, you know, Caden Korzak, and Ivan Morozov, who's absolutely tearing up the KHL and has for the last couple of seasons. And even the guys on the other side, Logan Thompson was, you know, an undrafted signing, and, and Pavel Dorofiev, um, you know, came over from Russia and has done pretty well in the AHL. So they have prospects in their system it's just a matter of will there be enough of those players of a high enough quality to find ways into the roster the other thing that kind of is interesting about the golden knights is they haven't created space for these prospects to move into the only reason guys like krebs and now jake lecision and um and and jonas roenberg are playing with the team right now is because they've had so many injuries otherwise there there isn't a place so they don't even have enough room for all these prospects so they're dealing from a surplus situation which I find really fascinating. So is it sustainable long-term? That remains to be seen, but let's take a look at all the pieces they brought back. Multi-year pieces, Jack Eichel and under contract for long-term, Mark Stone re-signed for long-term. You know, So all these pieces are gonna be there for a long time. So their window is probably wide open for you know five, the next five years, assuming they're able to filter in some of these other prospects that can take that space. Well, and if the window is five years, I think almost any manager would sign up for that and say, well, you know, the next guy can deal with the problem that comes after the fact so long as we get a chance to compete for the cup in those five years quickly. Chris, wanted your thought on outside of Cody Glass, almost every player that the Golden Knights has picked because of their success has been late in rounds. Given the fact that a lot of these guys have moved to other teams now, does that mean that the Golden Knights have actually done a pretty good job, better than most teams in terms of hitting on some of those guys later in the first. Yeah, their their hit rate has been phenomenal. And and even, you know, moving on from players like Eric Brandstrom and Cody Glass, as you mentioned, those are guys that that weren't gonna play for them anyway long term. So, you know, they their first draft, they had 12 draft picks. Six players have already played in the NHL with at least two more that I think could play in the NHL in the near future, maybe a few others as well. So They've done an exceptional job of drafting. I think that's been a hallmark of Kelly McCrimmon and why he was brought in. He's such a great evaluator of talent. They've built a great scouting staff. So I do think that when they when they have draft picks, they've used them well. And so I think that this will be that'll be part of the cycle of keeping them competitive. And you'll be able to read more about that on, on dailyfaceoff.com as I finish this piece that you guys are helping me work through right now by by talking it out loud. Awesome. Well, Chris, your insight is second to none and an important reminder that draft picks are not just currency for building your team in the future, but also currency in terms of making your team better here in the right now. This has been another edition of The Next Wave. You can read Chris Peters' work on dailyfaceoff.com. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, guys. It's time for our daily face-off inbox question of the day. You can hit us up on Twitter, hashtag AskDFO. We'd be happy to answer your questions. And 
lots of buzz out there, Scott, on Matthew Kachuk being potentially involved in a Calgary Flames transaction for Jack Eichel. What did you make of seeing his name included in the rumor mill? Well, I must admit, I, I did uh, stop me in my tracks when I saw that that might have been the case. My sense is it was not, the, the veracity may have been lacking with that. And frankly, you know, especially with the way the Flames are off to such a terrific start. And, um, you know, I, I wrote about it this week for dailyfaceoff.com, but might have missed the mark on Daryl Sutter's return and whether that was a good move. It just seems that team is finally really in sync. And Matthew Kachuk is such an important part of that. And to me, it made no sense. Um, you know, even though the idea of a franchise center like Jack Eichel coming in and, you know, in tandem with Sean Monaghan or, you know, whatever that might've looked like, the, the give just seemed too exorbitant to me. And especially for a team, again, that I think is finally, maybe early in the season, at least, realizing some of its um, pretty significant potential. It's been a rough couple of years in Calgary. Uh, but I think Matthew Kachuk is a huge part of the core of that team. And it, to me, it just didn't make any sense. Um, I don't know, what do you make of it? Like, do you think that, I, I just didn't buy it, frankly. Yeah, I mean, all the intel that I've gathered suggests that uh, Matthew Kachuk was never involved in the conversation, that the Flames were looking at a potential Jack Eichel addition as giving up futures in order to add to the group that they already have. And so, you know, I, I think you're spot on in, in your analysis in that, you know, yes, trading for Jack Eichel would help, but at what expense, given the fact that you'd have to pluck a really key piece off your roster, a driver of your team, for the next three to four months while Jack Eichel waits to get healthy. I don't know how that helps the Flames in the short term, maybe the long term, but I'd also argue and, and you know seem to catch my DFO Rundown podcast partner off guard when I said trading, with all due respect for Jack Eichel as, as a game changer, what the you know Golden Knights called him this morning, and a game breaker, trading Matthew Kachuk, you know, Kachuk might be the better player in the deal. So we'll see how that all works out and how the Flames sort of uh, respond to what has certainly been a turbulent 24 hours in the wake of that info. Let's get to our daily face-off best bets. Did I hear another 3-0 and night from Tyler Uremchuk? What is going on? Yeah, the uh, the heater continues here. Six of my last seven as well. So things are things are going pretty good on the betting front. I'm 24, 11, and two on the season now. A busy slate tonight in the NHL with nine games on tap. So let's dig into them, courtesy of our friends over at PointsBet. Two plays for me coming tonight, and let's start with that matchup between the Islanders and Montreal Canadiens. As you can see, the Islanders minus 136 favorites on the money line, and I like that price point. The Islanders are a very rested team. They've only played four times in their last 13 days and you know that a gave them a chance to go back home a little bit which they haven't really had a ton of opportunities to do is they've had a very long road trip also gave them a little bit of practice time and they're overcoming overcoming what was you know a little bit of a sluggish start to the year at least through their first couple of games but i like the islanders to start hitting their stride a little bit in this matchup against the canadians Islanders also have points in three in a row, going 2-0-1 in that span. So I like the Islanders money line at minus 136. And the second play I like is in the Kraken Sabres matchup, where, as you can see, the Kraken are massive favorites on home ice against Buffalo. And these are two teams that are really sort of trending in opposite directions right now. You have the Kraken, who are, you know, starting to pick up some steam. They've outshot their opponents in five in a row. The Sabres are pretty much the opposite of that. They've been outshot in four of their last five. And another key in this one, 
Philip Grubauer, he's still unconfirmed as the starter, so keep it locked on daily faceoff to wait for that one to turn to a confirm. But if it is indeed Grubauer going tonight for the Kraken, I like taking the Kraken not just to win, but to win in regulation at minus 115. Seattle's starting to be a little bit of a decent home team, 2-2 two and two in their last few, and the Sabres are just 1-2-1 and one on the road so far this season. So Kraken in regulation, Islanders on the straight-up money line. Those are your two plays. Those are your best bets from PointsBet. Interesting to watch. I actually kind of like the feel around the Sabres. You know, if you're in that dressing room, you're saying, well, hey, Jack Eichel wasn't going to be helping our team at all, regardless of this season or in the future. You mean we can take a Peyton Krebs and plug him in now? You mean we get Alex Tuck in a couple months for a team that's had some good mojo to start under Don Granato? Certainly have to like the feel of that team, whether they can sustain the success that they've had or not. Yeah. doesn't matter at this point because at least for the very near future, the Sabres are watchable, which is a big change over the last number of years when Jack Eichel was there. Thank you, Tyler. We'll keep an eye on those bets tonight. And Scott, that means it's garbage time. The only time that I knew on the ice, uh, what's gotten you excited? What's caught your eye from around the NHL over the last couple of weeks? Yeah, well, when I first started in the business, I started covering the Detroit Red Wings in 97 and 98, watching them win back-to-back -back cups. Uh, Steve Eisenman, of course, the captain there, and now the GM of the Red Wing team that has been really, you know, at times quite impressive this season. 4-4-2 four, four, and two to, to, to get out of the blocks right in the hunt, or I think a point out of the wild card right now, if you want to keep track of that stuff this early. But you know where they haven't won a game? They haven't won a game in Canada. And do you know why? In large part, I'm not going to blame Tyler Bertuzzi for all of it, for going 0-3, but because he's the only unvaccinated player in the NHL, he does not accompany the team when they go to Canada. And I, I remain confounded as to how the dynamic in that Red Wing dressing room continues to unfold. Right. I mean, he's their arguably their best offensive player, 26 years old. Um, no one disputes the man's talent. I have to just question the mindset, though. I mean, what is the, the, you know, the concept of team and working together and committing, you know, for the greater good runs completely contrary to his decision not to get vaccinated. And, and every night he's not on the ice with his team because of that, he hurts his team. So my question is, how does this unfold? He was under contract through 22-23. He's at a good point at $4.75 What does Steve Eisenman do with a player whose um, identity is now tied up in being, in my mind, and I'll say it, it's completely selfish? So I don't, I'm curious to see how this unfolds long-term, A, for the rest of the season, if, you know, if the Red Wings stay in the hunt for a playoff spot, how great for them. But it's possible they'll miss out because of some of these of this decision by Tyler Bertuzzi. And then beyond that, what happens when it does come contract time? Is he a player that you want to build around for the long term when this team is about to turn a corner? I don't know. I, I'm not sure I'd want him on my team, frankly. Yeah, well, to say nothing of also the hit to his wallet. Every There's 200 days in the NHL season this year, every single travel day and game day against the Canadian team. When he's not with the team, he's suspended without pay. Minor detail in the overall grand scheme. And it's an interesting dynamic, more so just because, as you pointed out, the relationship there, Steve Eiserman, the ultimate leader, now leading in a different way with perhaps raising some questions along the way. So well said on your part, Scott. We're going to continue to monitor that. And all things from around the NHL, that's all the time we have for today's show. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com for all the latest news, insight, and analysis from around the NHL. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank <laughs> you.
Thanks for watching the Daily Face-Off Show. Make sure you hit subscribe on our YouTube channel to never miss an episode. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Face-Off Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.